in the future. After the big war, there will come a time to rebuild and a need for a new and special kind of soldier. This man is carrying a loaded weapon. Prepare to meet the next great American hero. That's where you come in. Are you serious? His name is... Hell. Sam Hell. Never heard of you. We're going to Frogtown. And this is the adventure he's been waiting for. We're gonna get him out, and then you're gonna get him pregnant. And if anyone's got a chance in hell of rescuing the virgins from the evil clutches of Toady. It's a miracle. Right. Let's go. And escaping from Frogtown. Go, 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 go! It's Sam. Shit. Holy shit! Be there for the action. <laughs> the adventure. Oh, Sam! What are you doing? And be there for the dance of the three snakes. Dance? gonna die when hell comes to Frogtown starring Rowdy Roddy Piper as Sam you are one weird dude Sandal Bergman as Nurse Spangle wired to blow hell comes to Frogtown eat lamp froggies Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Amy Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themainamy.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Amy. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me today is Dan Aquino. Say hello, Dan. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. Mark Myers could not be with us today. We wish him all the best, but we will hopefully have him back soon. But Dan, as we've been doing in this pandemic, we've been talking about what we've watched during the week. So Dan, what have you watched this week? I've watched two movies and I rewatched Stranger Things, just kind of gearing up for the new season. I think it's coming out October, I want to say. Okay. But yeah, it just it popped up there. But uh, then just for fun. I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters. Not a good movie, but I'm a huge Godzilla fan, so I loved it. I'm eagerly awaiting the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer. And after our interview, you have to check out our interview. It's a special episode coming out. I kind of felt shamed that I just watched that. Even though <laughs> even though he was very like, oh, you know, it's whatever. You, you watch what you watch. Like, no, I can feel... I could feel a little bit of judgment there. So like, I, I have to watch something good. <laughs> so I, I watched Jojo Rabbit last night. Okay. And so that was a good movie. It's very sad and it's very funny. It's it's a unique movie. Have you seen it? Yes. I actually saw that in theaters. You did. And I I wanted to see it, but it wasn't playing at a theater near me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed it. What, Scarlett Johansson was up for Best Actress or... I want to say supporting. It feels like supporting. a supporting role. Yeah. I, I liked her in it. I thought she was really good. I probably don't know if she should have won or not. I know she she wound up not winning, but 
I'm kind of on the fence on whether or not I support that idea, but I liked her in it. Yeah. Uh, I thought Sam that was Rockwell. one of her strong, I thought that was one of her stronger performances. Yeah. She was, she was very, it, it's weird because, you know, a lot of people now know her as Black Widow and she's very good in that, but she can actually, she's a pretty good actress, you know, and I don't know if a lot of normal moviegoers know that or they, they see it, but mm-hmm. uh, she's a very strong actress. Sam Rockwell's great in it. He's hilarious. Taika is crazy as usual. Yeah, it, it was a good cast, and yeah. I just I liked the story. It was a very unique spin on World War II Nazi Germany. Sure. It's also weird seeing these actresses that are about our age now that they're playing moms. That's true. It's weirded me out seeing her play a mom, and then Aubrey Plaza plays a mom in the new Child's Play remake, which I watched a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it's just like, what's going on? Of course, uh, I, if I did the math, I would probably be old enough to more or less have had like a 17-year-old at this point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, probably. So it's entirely in their age range. It's just it's just weirding me out. I have a lady at work who constantly tells me that she could be my mother. And it's just weird to hear that still. I mean, Scarlett Johansson's only in her... She's like mid-30s, right? Yeah, she, I think she's, she's like 37. I think she's a year younger than me, I want to say. So okay. she's like going to be 34 if she's not already. Right. And it, but it, I think what it is now is that we have changed so much as a country where it used to be when you were 19, 20, 18, 19, 20, they were having kids. Our parents had me when they were 22, I want to say. Yeah. But now people are waiting till 33, 34, 35. I mean, I don't have any kids. I'm 33. Yeah. So I, I know you don't have any children. So it's 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 changed a lot. But yeah, to see Scarlett Johansson, who is still a fox, you don't look at her as a mother. You just right. look at her as oh, she's a smoking hot actress who kicks ass. And it is weird now that you mention it. Yeah, so I watched, I didn't watch too much this week, a lot of goings on and lost power for a full day, so really cut into my watching, but I watched Cool Hand Luke, it was another revisit, still on that TCM uh, curated on HBO Max, so Cool Hand Luke I watched, which was great, always great, Paul Newman could get it, big time. (laughs) I saw a story on Paul Newman, I think it was like a 60 Minutes piece, like because he was turning 70. And yeah, like even at 70, I was like, dude, this guy's awesome. He's in his early 40s in, in Cool Hand Luke. I'm like, damn, man. I wish <laughs> I looked that good at 40, at 35. It's it's incredible, man. <laughs> it's like some people are just, you know, they're born with it. Yeah. So I watched that. And in prep for our interview, I watched Joseph Mignon's first screenplay movie, After Hours, for the first time. I watched it. And it's good. It's very similar. I think we touch upon it in the interview. It's very absurdist, like as he mentioned in in the interview that he he kind of gravitates towards that st- that kind of stuff. It's very similar to Vampire's Kiss in terms of the New York setting and that stuff, and it's so very similar to Motorama. It's kind of like a it's a road movie that's set only in New York City, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I dig his movie style from the two movies that we saw. And again, go listen to the interview. You'll see what he was thinking when he was writing these movies. And it's it's not by accident. Yeah. So check him out. Yeah. And then besides that, not much else. I started rewatching the Adult Swim show Home Movies. 
because that's also on HBO Max, which was always a favorite of mine. I don't know if you ever saw that. Oh, it sounds so familiar. The one with Coach McGurk, Coach John McGurk. It's H. John Benjamin. Remember Dr. Katz and the Squiggle yes. Vision kind of yes. art style? So it's a similar art style, and it's uh, Brendan Small is, I think, the name of the, the person that created it, and it's also the name of the eight-year-old kid who's like, he just makes... He makes movies. He makes home movies, like more or less parodies of other movies. When, but he's like eight, and so oh he has a couple God. of friends. Yes, I'm looking at a picture of it. I do remember this now. This is very unique. Yeah, it's one of the first shows that ever aired on Adult Swim. I don't even know if it it originated on Adult Swim. It might have originated like on UPN or something like that. It was always one of my favorite shows on Adult Swim. HBO Max has it on there. A bunch of it's got its own curated Adult Swim stuff. Not everything is on there, though, because I was looking for C-Lab 2021, which was one of my favorites. That's yeah. not on there. <laughs> I remember that show, too. It's got Space Ghost Coast to Coast. It's got Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Like, this is classic, classic Adult Swim. Before it got Tim and Eric. Family Guide. Yeah. Tim do and Eric, you, Family Guy. Yeah. Do you ever go back, and probably not because you have no shame, but do you ever go back and watch it? Like, you remember, you see a show, and you're like, oh, my God, I used to love that show. And then you watch it, and then you just kind of feel like, why did I like this show? <laughs> but, no, but that's not you. You like unabashedly love the things you love, Absolutely. which is great. Yeah, I, I I think that's amazing because there was a show that I used to watch when I was when I was in high school, and you'll probably remember this, the Syphil and Ollie show. I don't remember ever watching. But it's I the hand this, puppets. The, yeah, the sock I remember puppets. a kid in like middle school it must might have been he would always sing like the theme song which was only like syphil and ali show something so simple i used to watch that all the time when i would when i would visit jackson and john and i our our friend john we would just crack up and i think it was one of those things where you had to watch it with a friend or Mm -hmm. you had to watch it super high i think that's what it was mainly for right Mm -hmm. but i remember watching it again maybe like just like clips on YouTube, maybe six, seven years ago, and I didn't laugh once. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I like this show. It's that's so upsetting. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but when you were talking about home videos and C Lab, I didn't know if it had the same impact on you today as it did. I mean, that show's been right off the air for what, like a decade at at most, right? I think it started in '99, so we're probably. Yeah. Yeah, we're probably talking almost 20 years. I think it's still pretty good. Home movies. I haven't watched C-Lab. I haven't watched Aqua Teen. The Brack Show, which was another one I loved. Uh, I haven't watched Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. The Um, Brack Show, I know that. That's the Space Ghost character, right? Yeah. I love the the Brack Show was was like the the first one they canceled out of all those like new stuff back when Adult Swim first started. So it only has maybe like two seasons, but that was like, that was my favorite out of all of them. <laughs> Cause it was so stupid. You see, this is what I'm talking about. It's just like, you love the things you love. And yeah, it's, it's a good quality to have. I uh, wish I had talk, that. Talking about Syphil and Ollie. Do you remember Wonder Shows in? Wonder Shows in. Yeah. That show was so creepy. That one was great. Yeah. I didn't like that show because it was just like, they did they did weird things to the kids, or they showed them weird things. And you're like, oh my god, that's kind of yeah. like child abuse. <laughs> uh, you remember Tyler, the greatest kid in the world, was a, a sketch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's I mean, come on, I, that's stuff you can't really do nowadays. Oh man, beat kids, kids on the beat, kids on the street, beat yes, kids. Yes, <laughs> I I do remember that. 
fantastic. It was almost like the Eric Andre show before the Eric Andre show. You Very know what I mean? Similar. This is stuff yeah. like, yeah, it was it was when MTV like had balls, I guess I want to say. Yeah. Like they had this, they took chances on like shows like that. And then like Clone High, which they're bringing back. Great oh, really? show. Which actually the uh, guys behind Lego Movie, Lord and Miller were the guys behind that. Yeah. And I guess they're the guys, guys behind Into the Spider-Verse, right? Yeah. Same place. Yeah. Yep. The, the, that show, Three South is a show that I loved that nobody remembers, too. It was about a bunch of guys that, like, stupid, idiot college students had, like, um, who was the voice? Uh, Brian Posehn was a, a voice a voice character. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, I've, that was I've never show. heard of that show. Nobody, nobody's heard of it. Like, impo- like, it's impossible to find online. Because anytime wow. you type in three, they'll be like, did you mean South Park? Yep, there you go. <laughs> that's I, that's got to be something if you can't find it. If you can't find it on YouTube or anything, like it must have been super underground. I think there might be, a, you might be able to try and track them down on YouTube, but it, it took a while before you could start finding it. But yeah, that was a show I liked. But this week, this week was my week, and we're talking about weird shows, and we watched a weird movie this week. <laughs> Yeah, it's the perfect segue into this movie, really. Yeah, so I was inspired this week because during this pandemic, I've taken some time and I've watched, I went back and I started watching some old wrestling. So it was early WWE, like early 90s, late 80s. And I wound up watching one episode or one pay-per-view that had Rowdy Roddy Piper. I don't remember what the, who he fought. I think he was having a feud with Lawler, uh, Jerry Lawler. And Jerry Lawler was making, I guess, did a promo where he was making fun of Rowdy Piper's movies overall. And then Piper cut a promo where he specifically names, like, Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> I really didn't know much about Hell Comes to Frogtown before I watched this. So it kind of got me intrigued. And I was thinking about doing this movie for a while, but it didn't pop up anywhere until very recently. It popped up on Shudder. It was Kismet. And we decided to watch Hell Comes to Frogtown. So, Dan, where are you coming from with Hell Comes to Frogtown? Oh, man, this movie. Never heard of it. Didn't know it existed. It was one of those things where I'm kind of happy that I didn't know it existed because this movie is... Jerry Lawler was in the right, and he's usually never in the right because if you know wrestling, he's not a great guy. But, man, he was onto something with Hell Comes to Frogtown. Because this movie was so bad, <laughs> but it's it's our kind of bad where it's unique and just totally not, not obscene. What, what's the word that I was using before? It's very um, it's a crazy movie. That's yeah, that's what I know about it. I, I've seen Roddy Piper uh, act before in, you know, They Live and his stint on his couple episodes on Always Sunny. So I mean, the man can act. He's not a terrible actor. But this movie is just not. There's nothing to work with. <laughs> did you did you hate it? What's your overall oh, feeling? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know if I hated it or not because this movie, it's. I mean, it's not supposed to be taken seriously, right? So if you hate it, I think it does its job. Right. So I didn't. I wasn't in. Obviously, I wasn't in love with it. But I didn't watch it and then come out thinking, oh my god, this. I hated this movie. I just kind of like it ended. I was like, all right, well, I saw it. That's a movie. And then I went on with my life. (laughs) 
okay. I mean, not not the ringing endorsement I think that they uh, <laughs> they were hoping for, but uh, yeah, I I I don't I don't know where I'm coming from with this one either. To be honest with you, it's it's so silly. Yeah, but it's it's fun, but not that fun. <laughs> right? Yeah. It it this movie leaves you in limbo, right? Yeah. Like oh, it was weird, and I didn't hate it, but why did they make it? And right. Why did I watch it? Yeah, it's like <laughs> it seems like every scene is a setup for a porno, but it's just it never makes it there. It's not even ex- exploitative enough for the the story. The whole plot of Hell Comes to Frogtown is there's nuclear war that happens and basically wipes out the entire more or less the entire population. I think 68 percent of male population is completely wiped out. Everybody else is left sterile. Except for Roddy Piper. Uh, <laughs> if you thought that Roddy Piper wrote this concept, you'd be wrong, but I could totally see why you would think it. Right. So he's that's... basically the most eligible bachelor in the entire world. He's the only person with a dick that works. This is uh, essentially, this is the prequel to Children of Men. Sure. Yeah. Right? So just re- reverse the roles where it's the women who are infertile with the men who are infertile. Yeah. So, so uh, do we, do we want to just go out on that limb and say that Children of Men borrowed heavily from Hell Comes to Frogtown? Children of Men, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of wild because there is there's definitely I it's funny because I didn't read the letterboxed um, reviews first. I started watching it and then I read, but I was watching it. It was like his early scenes where he where he starts to go on like the the trek with Spangle and Sentinella. And I'm just like, wow, Sentinella looks kind of like Charlize Theron. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she's a badass um, like warrior. Yeah. With short hair. What kind of cracked me up about this movie was, and you're right because you would think that this movie was written to kind of boost Roddy Piper's ego. And like, he's a, a ladies man and, He's a sex symbol, but no, he's like the the most unwilling person in this movie. Like, all right, well, you know, listen, Sam, it's your job to impregnate all these women. He's like, do I have to? I mean, that's kind of hard. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> like, well, wait a minute, that's not what I was expecting. I yeah. thought this guy was like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to bone. Yeah, it's funny. It's uh, we always talk about like how the '80s were such crazy times for movies, and you could basically get away with anything and this is the movie that explains it like (laughs) someone gave someone one and a half million dollars to shoot a movie about frog people and roddy piper's dick (laughs) imagine that right (laughs) yeah again i think i've brought this up before but this this like movie screams trauma right yeah this kind of feels like it would have been a trauma movie Mm mm-hmm but, but no, like it's someone else decided to shoot this movie. It's fan- fascinating. And it... <laughs> it, it, real quick, going back to the, the interview we just did, uh, where Joe mentions that it's incredible that a movie gets made at all. This is incredible that this movie got made at all. <laughs> he was specifically talking about Hellcom's Rock. <laughs> he definitely was. And I, I, maybe we didn't pick up on the subliminal message there, but yeah, like. It is a miracle in terms of, you know, getting everyone involved and all the scheduling. But this was just like throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks. And then someone decided this was a good idea to make. Yeah, this is 
they're laundering money to make <laughs> the reason yeah, why this movie exists. Would, like, who decided, like, even Vince McMahon wouldn't have touched this movie. Like, yeah, he's one of my wrestlers, but no thank you. Pass. So, Hell Comes to Frogtown from 1988. It was directed by Donald G. Jackson and R.J. Kaiser. R.J. Kaiser doesn't have much in terms of directorial, but Donald G. Jackson directed Frogtown 2. There is a sequel. Mm. Legend of the Rollerblade 7, Baby Ghost, and Lingerie Kickboxer. He's got, like, nine titles to his uh, filmography about rollerbladers. It's incredible. I want to meet this guy. This is the <laughs> next interview we're doing is Donald G. Jackson, if he's still alive. That's yeah, that's the kind of genre you want to, I guess, pigeonhole yourself into, right? <laughs> yeah. Rollerblades. So right. nice. I was just it, said, there's a rollerblading market. We got to <laughs> tap into it. Stars Rowdy Roddy Piper, Sandal Bergman, William Smith, Cease Verrill, Christy Summers, and Rory Calhoun, the man who likes to Stand, stand and up. walk. <laughs> a bunch of Zoe standing on your hind leg. Like, <laughs> you know, a bunch of little Rory Calhouns. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite bits. <laughs> no, the guy, the one who's always standing and walking. Rory Calhoun. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. Is, wait, is Rory Calhoun the like the prospector guy? Yeah, he plays Looney. Okay. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> this is an IMDb score of 5.6 and a Rotten Tomato score of 63%. Whoa. These are high. Man. Budget of $1.5 million. I could not find any uh, box office numbers. I'm assuming it didn't make a damn thing. <laughs> That's got to be like Love on a Leash type of numbers, right? Where people are just like, this is so absurd. I love it. I mean, I think people like, this is a midnight movie, really, more than anything else, right? Yeah. Uh, it feels like it's... It's not weird because it's super incompetent. It's weird because they wanted to make it weird. Yes, that's 100% what this movie is. The animatronics on the frog faces aren't accidental. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was shocked when, because again, it's a low budget movie. So I was actually shocked when they came out with animatronics for in the actual suits. Like, wait a minute! I wasn't expecting this kind of th- this kind of development in this movie. This is I was expecting like people in makeup, or maybe like Frogtown was just a name, right? And because there at the very beginning of the movie, there's a like a a masked figure who I'm assuming is a frog, right? We never see his face. We don't see the face. So now that's what I was expecting. I was I thought they would be like mutant marauders. And yeah. it's just like they're called frogs because maybe they're green or whatever. But yeah, I was I was not expecting actual frogs. Or it would have been like Night of the Lupins where it's just giant rabbits. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. So I like, oh, Frog Town. It's just overrun by gigantic frogs. Yeah. And it's you know it's superimposed or shot like you know how they did that. Yeah. So I thought they would just be hiding from <laughs> ravenous yeah. frogs. It reminds me of. There's a movie called The Killer Shrews, okay. which it's like, so it's not, it's not quite Night of the Lepus where it's the, the giant ra- rabbits, but it's, it's just dogs that they kind of give longer hair to. They like, <laughs> they put extensions on dogs. That's and awesome. That, those are the Killer Shrews. <laughs> it's like quite obviously like mutt, like mutts they found at the shelter. So why, that's what they should have done with this movie, right? Just right. Gi- gigantic frogs. Yeah. 
that would have been great. Just like giant frogs that they can't control, just hopping on like this small miniaturized set. Right. And then just watching Roddy Piper and these two half naked women trying to maneuver around these gigantic frogs <laughs> while still trying to bone, I guess. Yeah. It's never, it never commits to trying to be sexy, this whole movie, though. Well, right? He, no, not at all. I'm but talking about he, the movie in general. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's, I mean, you have the one scene with Spangle who does like her flirtation and that's probably the sexiest scene in the movie. But yeah, I mean, it's, he's so unwilling and he's not a ladies man at all in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's like Austin Powers, right? Where he's gross, but somehow every woman loves him. Mm -hmm. But in this movie, like Roddy Piper's a decent looking guy. He's a good looking guy and he's just not attracted to anybody. Yeah. He's in shape at this point. He's still, you know, still pretty yoked yeah absolutely he's yeah he's he's, he's like a probably... little puffy like a little cocaine puff maybe <laughs> maybe I, I i have no idea if that's true or not <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you what he's a gentleman in this movie for the most part yes and no in so he's arrested for sexual assault in the beginning that but they we say... don't know if that's like true or not and that's like, true because it's they... the policeman's daughter policeman's daughter who drops the charges because she becomes pregnant right so maybe they had because he doesn't he say that it was consensual right he he does but yeah but we so don't know yeah and also the cop comes back later at one point spangle uh, she's a female doctor she drugs a uh, what is she a um she's not quite but, feral she they right. think she's feral right so she's pretty much just like a wanderer yeah. So they they just drug this woman like, all right, you know, get get the business there, Sam. Give her the give her the old heave ho. Yeah. And it's just like, well, no, she's drugged. I want to get to know her. I'm like, oh, well, you look good for you, Sam. You know, like that's that's how it should be done. You don't just <laughs> hop into the sack with a drugged lady. That's that's a point for Sam. Yeah. But yeah, this this to your point, this movie is not sexy. No. One bit. Not at all. For I a mean, movie even just that's like trying to get the uh the human race back to numbers i guess yeah you'd think that there'd be like tons of sex happening or just really exploitative just based on the the whole premise of it mm -hmm. but it's not so i guess credit I, I don't know i feel like with this movie it's just got like if you're gonna do such a such a weird movie just go for it you know right yeah absolutely i mean see some frog tits <laughs> <laughs> right if, if you present us the the story of there's one man who is who's not sterile and he his mission is to impregnate women and get the and get the human population back up to where it was you don't show us one sex scene there, all right that's not going to cut it we yeah. were promised sex and bad sex at that mm -hmm. so deliver on that promise <laughs> i i think the problem is that it was roddy piper and not some unknown guy right you think if there was an unknown guy, there'd be more more sexing? Yeah, absolutely. Right, because I think Roddy Piper probably had an image to uphold in a way. Sure. Because right? if you're a professional wrestler, you know, kids were at that time. It was more kid friendly, right? Yeah. So like, you're gonna show one of your biggest uh, superstars just constantly plowing. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good look for the WWF at the time. But if you had, uh, I don't know, who, just some random dude, like, yeah, you know, he'll hang dong and you go from there. Like Willem Dafoe. 
<laughs> when was this movie made? 1988. 1980. So, yeah, Defoe was around then, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure. Right, because Platoon had come out prior yeah, to this. Yeah, that was 90, uh, 85. Right, so Defoe was around. So let's see. What was Willem Defoe doing in 1988? <laughs> was he doing Body weird. of Evidence yet? I, mean, I don't know what he was up to at that point. Oh, he was doing Last Temptation of Christ, which I'm pretty sure... I, I think he shows Dick in there. Oh, there you, so there you go. I don't know how many people are clamoring for Willem Dafoe hog. <laughs> Although, you say that, Dan, but I believe, I think it was the movie Antichrist. They had to use a prosthetic because, as the director put it, he was confusingly large. <laughs> confusingly large. Is that, that's got to be a compliment, right? I can't imagine that it's not, right? Right. So what does that entail? Like, you're just perplexed by how big he, he is? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like he, I guess people see it and it's like, that can't be that can't be real. Like, Will, Willem, that's that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so what do we, what do you think we're looking at? Like seven, eight inches? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, what's, conf- that's not confusingly large, though. No. In my mind. Confusingly large for Willem Dafoe is probably like close to a foot. That would be confusingly large. That right? <laughs> now we have to see who we have to go up with Willem Dafoe against Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, like a foot long. That would be like that'd be a burden more than anything. You would think 100. Yeah. percent You would think, but it's like too much, Dick. Right. And listen, this is obviously not coming from people who are burdened with that. So I think it's just us flapping our gums, like, yeah, that that must be terrible. It's yeah. probably great. It's what we tell ourselves, right? So, right? so we could sleep at night. Exactly. There's no way that's... Those guys are idiots. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're just fucking living the life, you know, doing whatever they want. It's going to be tough to buy pants, though. At least underwear. Yeah. You're probably free-balling it, to be honest with you. You gotta be. Right? <laughs> or do they put a little special, uh, like a cod piece, like uh, Sam Hell wears in this movie? <laughs> Maybe. And They're only just like... the government can unlock it. Yeah, or like you need spe- you need like the specially designed underwear that has like a third leg almost, like a pouch. <laughs> right. Yeah, the banana hammock kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious if it's like you had to, you had to like register your dick with the right. government if it was a foot long. Yeah. Like, all right, we here's your special, you know, your copies. <laughs> if you get out of range, it'll explode because you are literally a walking weapon. Yeah. But like you're you're walking around with like the shack of dicks. Like he's got to get everything like custom made, right? All his yeah. cars have to be specially outfitted. So now you have to get your pants specially outfitted. Can't wear skinny jeans. Nope. I mean you could if you just want to, you know, be braggadocious. Yeah. It'd be vulgar. You can't go. You can't like going near kids is automatically like a sex offense. <laughs> yeah, with it's confusing to the children. Going. Yeah. What's wrong with that man's leg, mommy? Oh my God! Look away, Joshua. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. No, now that that's a good question. Now, does what is Sam Hill working with? You think? I mean, because he's well known in this movie. Like even in Frogtown, his exploits precede him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, what do you think? He's he's not confusingly large, right? No, but he's got to be pretty. He's got to be above average, right? You would imagine, right? Because like it's probably a good size, but he knows how to use it, which is the most important thing. Correct. That's always the most. Again, that's what we tell ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, but I know how to use mine. It's not the it's not the size of the boat, sweetheart. 
<laughs> it's maybe so everyone's I, wrong. Maybe he's the last man that just goes down on women. <laughs> they don't maybe show that's, it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the whole thing. It's just he's like, he's the last man who listens to the woman's body. That's yeah. what it is. Like, <laughs> well, he's nothing special, but he goes down on me, and that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. The rest of you assholes just go right into town, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right into frog town as they say right that would have been great if it was just a euphemism this entire movie <laughs> going to frog town. man yeah i'm i'm more concerned now with what sam is working with because <laughs> like the whole movie in that is so vanilla in that way and you're not given nearly enough but they just hint that he's a dynamo right so you you drop all these hints on us and you never really i mean to to be honest when he when he has uh, relations with the feral woman, it seems like he knocks the feral out of her in the next scene. Oh yeah, because she's speaking <laughs> a, per, perfect English. Right. She looks like she's like a girl from Long Island. Right. So, so does he have superpowers? It's just like he'll like literally knock sense into into someone if he has coitus with them. I guess so. Right. Like he he gives them knowledge as well as just <laughs> pleasure. Oh my God, the world is opening up to me now. It's like, uh, what is that called? The Rosetta Stone, right? <laughs> <laughs> is he the Rosetta Stone? His dick is the Rosetta Stone. It's just all all the world's languages right there. Yeah, it's it's like the Cosmic Cube. Like, oh my god, the world's secrets. <laughs> Man, can you imagine being that good? Where it's just like, you, you can literally teach someone English with your sex? I can, actually. Really? Oh, the world I live in. Well, well, you've been holding out on me for all these years, man. You already are, you already know English. <laughs> well, I want to exploit your superpowers now. I want uh, to make money off of you and your your English teaching dong. Yeah, it only teaches it with like a a bad accent though. <laughs> Listen, you can't all be perfect, I guess. <laughs> all right, do you want to stop talking about Roddy Piper's dick and start getting into the plot? Uh, I'm sure we'll circle around back to it so yeah let's do it's that. gonna come up again yep <laughs> you know what i mean oh yeah okay what do you got for us this week all right so as you know we like to plug a good friend of our podcast tia she's with geek vibes nation she has her own podcast called the top 10 with tia she and her friends they talk about top 10 lists they'll go over top 10 action movies directors marvel movies dc movies you name it, they go after it. Uh, it's a very good podcast. She's been a good friend to us. She always plugs us. So, again, she's part of Geek Vibes Nation. Go to gvnation.com. Go check her out. Give her, you know, give her a shout-out. Subscribe to her. She definitely deserves it. Yep, and we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, we're going to take a few moments to listen to some Friends of the Podcast. So we will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. 
Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you epic. could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back, and now it's time to get into the plot for Hell Comes to Frogtown. We open up, VO, talking about the misconception that nuclear war would have led to an exchange of bombs from both sides, and then a peace treaty. When in reality, what supposedly happened was over a ten-year period... Enough bombs were set off to destroy human civilization as we knew it, know it. This is all said over some stock footage of some nuclear explosions happening. We then cut to ten years later, and we see a scrounger named Squidlips find a souvenir, Statue of Liberty. And then another scrounger attacks Squidlips, whom Squidlips then shoots. Now, I should mention that we never see Squidlips' face, but he makes a weird croak sound. And I don't know if we ever actually do see his face, or do we ever see him again. I don't know. Yeah, it's never, I don't think it's ever brought up. No. Unless Squidlips, Squidlips isn't what winds up being the captain, right? I don't think so. Right. Uh, I, I made him try to memorize what Squidlips looked like, but I couldn't remember it once we saw the captain. But then we get a pretty cool stylish credits to play over some stills. It's kind of very comic booky or like pulp kind of comics it's very interesting it's kind of just stills with some different color uh, splashes on it's interesting though it's probably yeah. the the most well done thing in the movie <laughs> well, it, it made me think that you know nowadays you know in the 80s 70s 80s you had some really colorful title cards and credits now you don't really get that no right the uh, the movie usually just goes right into the movie and you'll get like the, the title card will flash just, you know like you know tenant will show up or whatever yeah but like in the 70s and 80s you had some like really intricate and colorful opening credit scenes so yeah i i did like the opening credits and i'm glad you you pointed that out because i in my head i thought oh you know this is this is actually interesting i think this is this is pretty cool yeah so then the credits finish over a wanted poster for sam hell that's stamped with captured and then we cut immediately into sam hell being interrogated tied to a chair the cop smashes him over the head with a bottle. This cop's name is Captain Devlin. He is wanted because he sexually assaulted supposedly this cop's daughter. Two nurses come into the room and say that Sam is now under their custody. They say that uh, the cop's daughter dropped the charges. We found out that she's pregnant. So as we mentioned, kind of like iffy whether or not it's been it was consensual. Uh, Sam Hell seems to believe it is, judging by how he is kind of like this ladies' man. We probably assume that he that it was consensual because it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem like he's hurting for for strange. Right. And it it's never really shown in the movie throughout the rest of the movie that he forces himself on anyone. Like he and he's never chasing it. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's always, like you said, it's always coming to him. So I can't imagine that he would have done anything to force himself upon her. That's true. And then the fact we find out is that Sam has impregnated someone. The fact that he has impregnated someone is of great importance to the world. And the nurse mentions that Devlin is going to get reassigned to the border. 
and he goes to attack and one of the nurses subdues him. This, this the nurse that subdues him is uh, Spangle is played by Sandal Bergman and someone that we're going to follow for the rest of the movie. So the nurses take Sam and he's brought to some sort of medical facility. We see that there are signs about fertility and specifically signs about no condom use. And it's clear that there's a fertility problem in the world right now. Except for Sam, who apparently has left a string of impregnated women in his wake. So that's a good thing, He's like super potent. Yeah, but the the way that they talk about it, you would think that this is the greatest thing ever, right? They would want to let him loose, essentially, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be easier just to, like, in vitro for fertilization? I thought that, too. Like, just put him in a room and let him, you know, let him do his thing. Give him some movies or magazines as were as the times were back then. Or do your erotic dance in front of him. Right. (laughs) Now I feel bad because now it's just like he's a cow, you know, (laughs) or he's like he's a male horse at this point. And it's like, all right, yeah, bring out Sam Hill or Sam Hell. And just like, you know. I don't want to get too graphic, but <laughs> do what you need to do to Sam. Put him out the stud. Right. That's no way to live. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see, just after a while, he just like kind of trods out. And like, just kill me, please. I can't keep doing this. <laughs> I'm not a machine. <laughs> right. Right. The, fl- the soul is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> so the nurse says they could wipe Sam's slate clean if he agrees to help them. And by help them, it means to be transported to the wastelands in order to impregnate the fertile women there. So this is basically Escape from New York, but with fucking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sam is fitted with a sort of chastity belt that allows them to monitor him, but it has a flap so he can fuck. And we also find out that 68% of the male population have died in the war. Survivors are sterile. And yeah, that's the end of that scene. One of the nurses then watches a briefing video about a massacre and a hostage situation that apparently fertile women have been taken by people in Frogtown or monsters of Frogtown, and a bunch of weapons have been stolen as well. The plan is Nurse Spangle plans to transport Sam with the help of a security officer named Sentinella in a pink buggy equipped with a Gatling gun. So they drive off in the desert. Eventually they find themselves at the border and the cop from the beginning, Devlin, Shows up as the border patrol guard, threatens to kill them all right there. And then Sentinella threatens him, him with a Gatling gun, and eventually the cops let them go. So, Spangle tells Sam that the mission is they're going to Frogtown to try and rescue fertile women that they that have been kidnapped by the leader of Frogtown by the name of Toady. And the plan is to get them out and then get them pregnant, he says. Eventually they have to stop, so Sentinella... Sent, Sentinella... The name it's like it looks it's like citronella citronella yeah that's why i kept thinking the cent- same thing centinella can fill up with gas and sam says that he needs to go to the bathroom but then he predictably tries to run and escape <laughs> it's like the, it's like so obvious yeah it's like it's like a looney tunes premise yeah like i'm just gonna be right over here okay yeah see so you later. long suckers <laughs> it, I, and i think this is a good spot where we can kind of point out where you can tell that Roddy Piper is doing his best, right? Yeah. But he's just, he's not a very good actor to begin with. Yeah. And he he has just a few lines in this movie where he's just so over the top. I think one of them is, that's not, that's not a mission. That's, that's a plot to get me killed. Like, oh man, like his line reading is hilarious <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. It's like he never fully commits. It's like he's got like one foot out out you know he's <laughs> yeah. it's always kind of like he's smirking the whole time yep yeah, yeah. you could definitely tell that 
I, I think you kind of go into this movie having to be that way. Or you can't fully commit to this movie because there's nothing to really fully commit to. Yeah, sure. Because it's wild. It's, yeah. it's the wackiest thing ever. Yeah, you just you, you embrace the absurdity and just kind of you try to top it, I guess. Right. <laughs> so he he runs away. But once he gets a certain distance away, his chastity belt that we come to know as the ECR starts to alarm and gives him an electric shock right in the crotch. Spangle basically gives him the lowdown of she controls him with her earring is like a, a remote. If he gets too far from her, she could set that off. If he tries to take it off, it'll set it'll detonate, basically. So what it's a basically... terrible idea to have as a remote, by the way, <laughs> her, your, your her earring. earring. Yeah. I mean, we find out later that it. It just has to be brushed before it goes off, too. It's super sensitive <laughs> and, and very easy to lose. Yeah. How uh, many times do women lose their earrings? I'm assuming a lot. Yeah, all the time, as yeah. far as I know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't wear earrings, but I'm they're tiny, and I lose tiny things all the time. So I'm just going to assume that that's, you know, again, not the best thing to have. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I can't tell you the amount of times I've lost the same sunglasses. Like, I'm not going anywhere. It's got to be in the house somewhere, and I've lost them like four or five times. And I, I think Spangle sleeps with them on, right? Yeah, she must. Yeah. What if she turns over? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's getting crotch right, shocked right in the dick. Right. That's a rude awakening, right? It's <laughs> three in the morning, all of a sudden you get electric shock to the dick. That's, I don't want to wake up that way. <laughs> so they camp for the night, and Sentinella gives him some real fuck-me eyes. But then Spangle comes out of the tent and tries to seduce him in her bra and panties. Here's a question for you. Is she hot? Mm, I was hoping you would bring it up because I say no. She has, I don't know how to say this. She doesn't have any features, right? Sure. Yeah. I, and I, I'm not trying to be, I'm she, not. She's very thin. Right. She's and... not very curvy. And it's probably something that was like in in the 80s, like that kind of look. Right. But I think she's also right. she's also got like this Judith Light from Who's the Boss sort of face, <laughs> where it's not particularly like she's not ugly. No, I'm not, not at all. She's ugly, but you know, the, with the what am I trying to say? There were certain women that this the eye the big glass glasses look works mm -hmm. does not working for her. I, you know, I I don't know why it doesn't. Yeah. Because, again, I do think she is attractive, for sure. But th th she just has nothing that really sticks out. For someone who's supposed to be the love interest in this movie, mm -hmm. she's very plain. Yeah. What she's failing to do is be sexy, I guess. She's attractive, but she's not She's not being sexy. Yeah, and that's 100% a real thing. Like, you could yeah. be attractive but just not sexy yeah and i think that's the problem here and i that's what i'm told all the time like dan you're 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 hot you're just not sexy at all I'm like, oh, <laughs> i know oh, man again if i had a dollar yeah it seems like it's supposed but she's just very awkward in and i wonder if that was supposed to be the point like spangle is obviously like a med tech she works for like a medical institute so obviously she's it's not her forte, I guess, but at the same time, she, they say that she's, like, trained for it. Yeah. But then, like, whenever she tries to, like, seduce him, it's just really clinical. Right. And yeah, maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. But I, I'm agreeing with the whole point that, yeah, she's not, she's just not sexy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So she is. She tries to seduce him, and she's successful. But then she shocks him, saying it's her orders to keep in an aroused state, promote potency. That's the thing I think, because she's just trying to give him a boner. Like, <laughs> she's trying to like, you have to have an erection a hundred, like twenty four seven, and just like, well, you're you're really not not doing the job, <laughs> right? You. And again, I can't imagine keeping someone aroused. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm not a, a scientist. So yeah, maybe that does increase potency. But then shocking them in the dick can't help anything. Right. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of like you're taking a step forward and then immediately taking five steps back. I can't, I, that's what I would think, right? Because now, right. now you're going to start equating boners with a shock. Sure, there's gonna be a Pavlovian response, right? It, that's what I would think, right? Like anytime I I start to get aroused and you press a button and it hurts, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. But then she goes back into her tent with her weird frilly underwear, and then later in the night, Sentinella wakes him up to fuck. She says she's infertile, so it's against regulation, but she wants to see if the rumors about Sam are true. But then Spangle stops them, though. But is Sentinella hot? Here's the question. Yes. She's hot. Yes, because... Now, this is going to be weird, but I like the hairstyle. It works for her. It does. It, it looked really good. And I just... I liked her... I, I, I liked her demeanor. Where yep. she, she's badass, she knows what she wants, and she's going to take it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. enjoy that. <laughs> also, this, this is more just like a personal preference. The tan lines were nice. I don't okay. know if you noticed that. That's just, I just enjoy that. That's something for Dan. Um, <laughs> doesn't have to be for everybody. Jen, Jen's messaging me, noted about the uh, <laughs> getting shocked when I get aroused, I guess. So, <laughs> man, <laughs> I'm I'm in for it now. Oh, man. Yeah, she's she's found your new kink. Well, no, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late, Dan. Yep. Yeah, the, the, uh, the horse is out of the barn, man. <laughs> The next morning they travel on and talk about the plan to rescue the girls from Frogtown. Sam gets mad about it, but it's in his contract to do so, so he throws the contract out the window. And Spangle kicks Sam out of the car and they drive off, so his ECR starts to go off again, so he has to catch up with them as they camp for the night. As he gets back to camp, another alert starts to sound, but it's not for Sam. So they go following the alerts until they come across what we think is a feral woman, and they manage to, I guess... They tie her up. They they tie her up and they bring her back to camp. And they try to get info out of her. And she resists any sort of help and starts to act up. So Spangle injects her with a sedative and tells him to get ready for work. So then Spangle tells Sam that she also in- she also injected the girl with something to help her ovulate. So he needs to have sex with her now. Sam doesn't want to because the mood isn't right and the girl's basically feral. So Spangle says that he needs inspiration. Again, she does an unerotic <laughs> striptease. But it works. But she gets upset because I guess she wants to have sex with him now, but she's infertile. So technically she's not allowed to. And then he has sex with the girl to fulfill his his end of the contract. Now, now why is it against the rules to do it with an infertile woman? What's the difference? Well, I guess because if you're the only potent man, you're basically wasting your sperm on an infertile woman. Okay, yeah, that does make sense. But I don't know. It's just, it's unnecessary. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, it's just, it's not great. Yeah, really? At least combine it. Like, all right, there's an infertile woman and a fertile woman. So just, like, give him... This man should really just be, like, ruling on high at this point, right? Right, yeah. So He, he, should, be, he should be making the rules. Exactly. It's like, he, he he's basically 
the uh, Mike Trout of Frogland or Frogtown, <laughs> right? Like, listen, yeah. I'm a five tool player, man. I, I, <laughs> I'm good looking. I'm strong. I'm fertile. I'm well hung. I'm I'm just awesome. So I want this. I want it. Uh, yeah, he should really be calling the shots here. But he's stupid because he just signed the contract without reading it. You know, and that's that's kind of something that I would imagine Roddy Piper would have done in real life. <laughs> it's probably it sounds a lot like he what he did with the at the WWF most likely. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's I that's something I would have liked to have seen just like him calling the shots when it came down to you know brass tacks. Mm. Like he, he's he's back in the um the med tech lab. Like, all right, yeah, I'll do your mission, but you know I want. I want this. I want, and he just like lists off a whole. I, it would have been funny to have almost like a a time lapse when he starts to when he finishes. Sure. And just like you know, he starts and it's like ten minutes later. And I want you know free ice cream for life. Like, oh Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Fine, Sam. Like we'll the, get you all that. It's like the scene in Armageddon when they they have a list <laughs> yeah. of the hands. They never want to pay taxes ever again. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'd be great. He's like, what, uh, what was another thing that like Steve Buscemi had? Um, he's like a stripper girlfriend or something like that. And he's like, I, I yeah. want, I want my record expunged and stuff like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's what it should have been. Just a whole list of demands. Yeah. So in the morning, the girl gives them. She is like suddenly sorority girl from uh, from Harvard, or you know, probably more like. She gives them directions on how to get a frog down and how many girls there are. And Spangle tells her to go south, and then she'll get picked up by MedTech by a beacon that she attaches to her wrist to kind of give them a, loca- a tracker. And then she says goodbye to Sam, like, lovingly. She's very happy that she had sex with Sam. Yeah. And then the other three head to Frogtown and set up their cover. Spangle is going to act as Sam's slave girl that he's trying to sell. So they get to Frogtown, which is basically an abandoned oil refinery by the looks of it. And they walk into some sort of bar, and Frogtown lives up to its name. All the patrons are some sort of frog person including a dancing girl sam orders a drink and immediately spits it out as it tastes like industrial waste and then rory calhoun shows up as looney sam's old friend doing what rory calhoun does best standing and walking on his hind legs (laughs) how often do we actually have a simpsons reference made for us in the movie never right (laughs) never it's built into the episode (laughs) yep this one is that's it rory calhoun it's very important (laughs) <laughs> the dancing girl walks up to them and says, I love you, which is a code word for Spangle. Turns out that this girl's the contact. Then Looney introduces Sam to Leroy, a talking frog dressed like John Reese davies in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, he's got like this little fez on and his white suit. It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I was not expecting full animatronic suits and the voices that these characters make are just so verbose. Yeah it's so funny i'm glad that they did it it was a, it was a good surprise yeah but holy shit man it's you have to see it for yourself because it's like total b-movie schlock yeah like just the the flapping of the fate of the mouth it was just, <laughs> yeah it, it's basically a, a like a ventriloquist puppet <laughs> yeah so leroy this frogman, offers sam a real beer cores specifically it's only slightly radioactive Leroy talks about the wenches Commander Toadie had brought in thanks to his Lieutenant Bull. Leroy wants to buy Spangle. At first, Sam thinks that he just wants to have his way with her, but he really he wants her to work at the club and basically be a dancer. Spangle tries to sneak off, but then gets grabbed by Toadie's Lieutenant Bull, 
The bull gets pissed off that Leroy is trying to barter a slave in private, so he starts an auction right there on the in the club, and nobody wants to bid against Bull. So Sam tries to cancel the auction by saying the bidding isn't high enough for him, so Bull punches him out, takes Spangle, and closes the club on Toadie's authority. When he comes to, Sam has been brought to safety by Arabella, the frog woman contact. He says, I don't know how to thank you, so she tries to fuck him, and he tries to resist her, but she keeps coming on to him, so he tells her to put a bag on her head. <laughs> Man, I, I I, don't understand why they had to go that route, but I wish they had gone full tilt with it. <laughs> how so? How's like, What's full tilt? Like, I wish that they would have completed what they were going for. So, <laughs> that he winds up going through with it? And fucking yeah, with that. <laughs> right. Again, just like the total... He has really no say in it, but it's just like his burden because he's so goddamn good. Yeah. And how it should have gone is like, you know, I know how I how you can help me. And Sam just like looks and looks into the camera worryingly. And here we go again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the frog woman is played by Christy Summers, who I looked it up and she was an attractive woman. But, you know, not here. Not here. <laughs> Definitely not. Is uh, she she doesn't even look like a frog. No, she's like some weird, weird thing. Yeah, again, it's like a mutant, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, with the bag on her head, he tries to get away, but then the ECR starts going off, so Spangle's getting out of range So as they bring her to Toadie. So Arabella tries to bring Sam to Toadie, but then falls and gets stuck in, in stuff, so he has to go on without her. And then Sam makes it to where they've brought Spangle, and he eavesdrops on some sort of arms deal between Toadie's men and some others. Sam leans over a railing and falls, and he falls down, knocking himself out right in front of the arms deal. So they take Spangle away, and she's brought to the other captive women, and Sam gets brought to a torture room with Bull. Bull takes a chainsaw, and he says he's going to do a little exploratory surgery, as he says. But then his chainsaw runs out of gas, so he has to go get more. Meanwhile, the harem girls do some sort of weird ritual in order to awaken Spangle's body. And then the ritual accidentally sends off Spangle's ECR earring and unknowingly starts shocking Sam. The great moment where then Bull, he, uh, Sam starts screaming in pain and Bull just says, you are one weird dude. <laughs> so then Looney and Arabella Bella meet up and they team up to try and rescue Sam. Bull manages to chainsaw the ECR off Sam and scoffs at the idea that it was wired to blow. And then moments later, it blows up right in his face. Guard storms into the har- the harem to bring Spangle to Toadie, but Spangle beats him up and tells the girls that it's time for them to all leave. But then three or four more guards just storm into the room and take her, and then the girls are like, eh, maybe not. So Am- Arabella comes to Sam's rescue, but when they go to leave, Bull pops up and stabs her with a drill bit, killing her. Sam, in turn, takes the same drill bit and kills Bull with it. Spangle's brought before Toadie, who commands her to dance, specifically the Dance of the Three Snakes. So she starts making it up as she goes along, dancing sensually, I suppose. Sort but of. Toadie, Toadie seems to be digging it. I like the moment where she, where she's like, I'm not going to dance for you. And they pull guns on her and she's like, monitor tap. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's like you're, again, one of the like run of the mill kind of jokes that you would get yeah. from that. But it, it works. It plays well. Yeah. And she, her dance is terrible, though. <laughs> well, yeah, again, she's not really a good dancer. She's she's shown that throughout the whole movie. <laughs> so Looney is trying to help him escape, and he gets caught by a guard. And he shoots said guard in the face with a flare, which then alerts Sentinella to come and rescue them. And Toadie says that Spangle's dance has aroused the three snakes, which apparently means his three dicks. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate, by the way. 
I don't what? think frogs have three dicks. Oh, I hope not. That would keep me up at night thinking about that. There's a part <laughs> there's a part in that scene where he makes this weird noise and you see <laughs> under his pants his... moving. Yep. Oh my god. I lost it there. He's like, oh <laughs> <laughs> Well, like even when he when he reveals himself to her she has to, she looks in three different places you know she's like she's got like three different eyelines that they asked they told her to look at like look here then look here then look here and then get like really crazy like crazy eyes after that it's it's pretty <laughs> wild it's not what you were expecting but again this whole movie is that way yeah <laughs> so then he, she kicks him in the three dicks rather than pleasuring him in those three dicks and then at that moment sam kicks down the door and blows away the guards but toady toady manages to get away Sam and Spangle then get to the harem girls to free them as they try to escape. Toadie and some some of his men stand in their way. Looney pops up with his flare gun and holds off Toadie and his men while they try to get away. They, all, they get all the girls into the buggy and Looney catches up with them, injured but not dead. But as they try and get away, Sentinella blows away some of the men with the Gatling gun and they escape. As they, as they drive, Looney eventually dies. Sentinella says that something is coming up fast behind them and then they almost get blown up. Toadie and, and some men in a Mad Max-style truck shooting at them. A chase ensues, Sentinella trading fire with Toadie and his men. She gets winged, but not not seriously. They try to lose Toadie in some rock embankment, but a masked man with an RPG shows, stops them and tells them to get out of the truck. He takes off his mask, and it turns out it's Captain Devlin, the cop from the beginning, and he's been dealing arbs in Frogtown. So Sam then, while they're being held at gunpoint, tells one of the girls to give him the katana off of his back. After some back and forth, she does it, and in one motion, he grabs it and throws it right through Devlin. This is a kind of cool moment. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Anything with a katana is True. pretty badass. Yeah. So uh, Devlin stumbles out of view, so Sam goes to confirm the kill, but Devlin is gone, so Sam goes deeper into the desert to find him. He finds the body and thinks he's dead, so he turns his back on him. Of course, Devlin isn't dead and has the RPG in his hands and gets ready to shoot Sam, his foot slips and makes a noise, which then Sam uses to turn around and draws and shoots, killing Devlin. She then takes the RP, RPG and ducks away from an explosion and runs back to the truck to find it destroyed. Toadie arrives in his truck. And Sam gets the drop on him. The RPG doesn't fire, so he tries to shoot Toadie but misses, and he retreats again into the desert. Toadie follows him up a rock, and they, they have a fight. It's kind of like uh, Captain Kirk versus like a lizard person up there. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's exactly what they were going for, right? Yeah. I think they maybe even shot it in the same same place where they would have shot that. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's if that's very true. That's pretty cool. It's a very distinct rock form rock formation, and I feel like I feel like it's a Star Trek reference. Okay, but I was completely a, talking about homage. Hands. Yeah. So he follows them up the rock, and they struggle in a fist fight for a while until Sam pokes Toadie in the eyes, and he gets the upper hand. Toadie is almost thrown off the big rock to his death, but manages to cling on to Sam until Sam is able to reach his katana and chops off one of Toadie's hands and he falls to his death. Sam then returns to the destroyed car, thinking the girl's dead, but then they show up and they're all alive. He then plants a big old kiss on Spangle, and she realizes he doesn't have his ECR on him anymore. And they all pack up and drive off, but Sam's still responsible for impregnating the fertile women. Soldier's work is never done, is his last words. And that's the end of Hell Comes to Frogtown. It's a wild, wild movie. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we really didn't go too much into how it's portrayed, but just, like, trust us. This movie's batshit crazy. Yep. Once they make wild. it into Frogtown. Yeah. 
It goes nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty standard kind of like post-apocalypse movie before that. There's nothing too crazy that happens in that like first 40 minutes or so. But that last half of it is wild. Yeah, yeah. It's ever since they walk into the the bar, that's when it kind of really, really spirals out of control. Yeah. Because then you're getting into, like we were saying, you're getting into the harems of women, seducing three-dicked frogs, crazy, crazy makeup and animatronics and mm-hmm. fight scenes that are just out of control, weird. It's, it's just... I think this movie really speaks to the fan of the B movie, right? Sure. If, if you're someone who gets pleasure from watching just really, really bad B movies, then like this is right up your alley. And I wonder if that's where the scores came from. Just Maybe. those people who who kind of cherish those types of movies. Because I mean, there's really nothing good about this movie. No, not particularly, to be honest with you. Right. Um, I don't know what I would do to make better. I mean... Just pump up the exploitation a little bit, I guess. Yeah. That makes it better. Again, I think it would have been cooler to have it just be giant frogs and not frog people. Yeah. Right? Because then it's you can have cool scenes where there's people in the wasteland and a a giant frog comes up and just eats them, right? Like shoots the tongue out, eats them. Like, oh my, or like they get hopped on. Like, oh, that's so cool. It's not frog marauders. You know, it it just looks weird. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. This is one of the weirdest movies that we've ever done. Uh, you know, you would say that, and I most of the time I think you'd be right. But again, it's just like we've done Love on a Leash, and that movie was even more batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it but it doesn't it doesn't go far enough. I think that's what I think that's the one thing that I'm struggling with. It it just doesn't go far enough. Yes, for a movie. With the premise of the one guy who's trying to essentially save the world with his dick mm-hmm. going up against frog people, it doesn't push the boundaries as much as you would think. He yeah. only he only has sex with one woman that, like that we see, and yeah. we you know we don't see enough of what you would expect, right? There's there's not enough nudity in this movie. There's no cursing really. No. It there's plays not, it pretty safe. It does, and there's not a lot of blood. Um, no. Yeah. Again, you you really just get the one nude scene. If I if I'm remembering correctly, that's yeah. Sinella. Sentinella. Sentinella. You only get that, and it's very brief. Not that yeah. it needs to be in your face, but again, you're you kind of give us this promise where like, yeah, you know, it's gonna be Roddy Piper just making his way across the wasteland phone and whatever he sees <laughs> and he, you know they, they failed to live up to that and yeah it's yeah i think if you're gonna say that's the premise of a movie you i think you gotta delve more into it yeah i do know where i know those rocks from those vasquez rocks natural area park those are the rocks at the end of this movie the rocks that he throws toady off of it's the rocks that evil bill and ted throw bill and ted oh. off of no way bill and ted's bogus journey yep that's so cool i did not i did not know (laughs) that it was funny because i was watching the trailer or like the behind the scenes uh little featurette for the new bill and ted movie Mm -hmm. and they they kind of recap and they do show bill and ted being thrown off of the rocks i i never would have put that together though yeah um 
But I didn't hate this movie. It's wild. It's a decent time. It's pretty short. It's only like a, a an hour 26 or so. So, I mean, that's why we kind of got through that plot pretty quick. Pretty simple. It's 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 so wacky when it gets that that second half, though. Yeah. 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 I, I don't again, I kind of left watching this movie just like, yeah, you know, I watched it. I I'm neither more nor less of a person for having experienced it. <laughs> I haven't grown, sure. but I also haven't, you know, I, I also haven't lost anything. Sure. Uh, will this movie ever come up again? I sincerely doubt it. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, maybe in passing where it's just like, oh, have you ever seen Frogtown? It's fucking crazy. But I don't foresee this movie having an impact on my life outside of this episode. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think I think we've talked all we can about Roddy Piper's dick and hell comes to Frogtown. So uh, you want to plug your shit? Sure. My personal Twitter account is at the Aquino122. I also run the Stranger Damies account. That's our real play D&D podcast. That's at Stranger Damies. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Stranger Damies. Episodes air every Wednesday. So go check that out. We're on Podbean, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, I believe, Google Play. And we're at, on Geek Vibes Nation, I believe. Am I missing anything from that? No, nope, basically where you find your podcast, you, you could find Stranger Damies. Yeah. So, yeah, come say hello. We're Again, we're closing in on 1,000 followers on Twitter. I believe we're at 9.58 right now, I want to say. Mm. So, yeah, we it's such a great community to be a part of. Everyone's very uplifting. If you are a fan of Dungeons & Dragons, you know, we would love to hear from you. Great. And this is They Call This a Movie. You can find us at theycallthisamovie.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for They Call This a Movie. Search for it and we will pop right up. You can also find us on themaindamie.com and through there you can find us on all, all social media at The Main Damie. So just search they, The Main Damie and we will be there. We're also, as Dan mentioned, part of Geek Vibes Nation. They're at gvnation.com on all social and podcast streaming apps just by going to Geek Vibes Nation. They have a bunch of great shows that we aren't a part of, but a bunch of great stuff, like Top Ten with Tia, a bunch of other awesome people a part of that. Just it's something for everyone. If you have some sort of uh, interest, I'm sure you can find a podcast that's right for you on Geek Vibes Nation. And I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. This movie... Hell Comes to Frogtown was directed by Donald G. Jackson and R.J. Kaiser. So for Dan Aquino, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Donald G. Jackson and R.J. Kaiser, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?